Father God was pleased to cause all of his fullness to dwell in the Son. And you are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And this scripture, is it not also for us? Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Um, but why don't we pray and get started? Father, I thank you and praise you for this time. Open up our hearts to receive your word. It's manna. It's practical. We can use it this week. The word is also seed planted deep in the good soil of our hearts and produces life in us and changes us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Teach us what we need to know. Prepare us for what is coming in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Today, I want to tell you that you are limitless on the inside. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19, for it pleased, say pleased, this is what makes him happy. This is what makes, delights him. It pleased the Father that in him, in him is Christ, in Christ all the fullness. How much fullness? How much fullness? All the fullness should dwell. And then it goes on to say, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. And we're going to get into that section next week. But today I want to just kind of focus in on this fullness. And we find Jesus being baptized it goes down to the Jordan River, and John the Baptist is there. And, and uh, you know, Jesus hasn't actually walked on water yet. He hasn't done anything as far as calming storms, raising dead, healing lepers. And there he is. He gets dunked under the, the water, comes up out of the water, and a voice from heaven, Father God, talking. And this is what everybody hears. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And we get this picture of the, what pleases God. What pleased God in this moment, wasn't what he had done. In real life, in, in between you and I, and me and my wife, and me and my children, what pleases us is to do something, to earn that pleasure. The kids, you know, unexpectedly did the dishes or something, and you're like, oh, I'm so thankful, I'm happy, I'm delighted that you did this for me. That's the pleasing. But we can't apply that kind of characteristic to the living God, our Father, because he gives us a different example. It was pleased before Jesus had done a thing. And, and so what pleased him? When in that moment, I'm pleased with him. What pleased him, we find out here, is what was in him. Not what Jesus did for the Father, but what the Father had done for Jesus. And when we talk about the potential and the ability in someone, we see a man who in three and a half years, the Son of God, but in three and a half years, a man who touched the whole world who changed the planet in three and a half years of ministry, who, who raised the dead, who walked on water, who calmed storms, who faced the crucifixion with great bravery and courage, who went silently. He didn't cry out in pain. He didn't call down fire from heaven, but he just took it. Our Jesus, who walked it out and then got buried in the grave, he wasn't afraid that he would be stuck in the grave, but he would rise from the dead. When we talk about the ability and potential in somebody, I just get the idea that God was up in heaven, and the reason he was so pleased was he looked down and he was like, hey, come here, guys. Get all the angels, the hosts. Look, look, look. That's my boy. That's my son. And Jesus is coming up out of the water, and he's like, he's like oh, you'll never believe what he's about to do and the potential you know, you know what I put in him? You, come here, come here. You know what I put in him? All of my fullness. It dwells in him. And the word dwell means to make a fixed residence. Did you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? 
And I want you to think about this for a second, how Father God was pleased to cause all of his fullness to dwell in the Son. And you are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And this scripture, is it not also for us? Are we different as children? And are we neglected sons and daughters of God, abandoned? We don't get as much. No, but the Father God who caused all the fullness to dwell in Christ, and then he puts Christ in you. That that same fullness would dwell on the inside of you. He put on the inside of you, he who fills everything in every way. He who fills all in all is on the inside of you. That God is happy to see you full. It says in the book of John in chapter 1 and verse 16, and of his fullness, say fullness, we have all received. For it pleases the Father. What makes him happy is to see you full. Full of, right, what is this fullness? What is it? We should know what we're full of. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, I know what you're full of. <laughs> <laughs> and the Greek word here is pleroma, his fullness, what you're full of. And this is what it means in, in the Greek dictionary. Filled with the presence, the power, the agency, and the riches of God and of Christ. To be filled with the presence, with the power, with the agency, and of the riches of God and of Christ. We should know what's on the inside of us. It's referring to a, a ship in, in the, the Greek times. If they referred to a ship that was full, this ship was heavy laden with riches and treasure. It was full and amply supplied with more of supplies than it would need for the journey it was headed on. It was armed to the teeth for defenses and for battle. Just like when God said to Jeremiah, I, he was just a kid. He's like, I'm just a kid. You're making me a prophet. I'm just a kid. And this is what we do. I'm just, I don't have the ability. People do this all the time. I don't have the ability. I'm the wrong guy. Get somebody else. But God said, no, I'm making you into a fortified city, right? You're going to have fortified cities in those days. That, that meant you had everything that you needed for success already within your walls, already on the inside of you. And so we are, we're faced with the same dilemma that we're always faced with. Here we come to the same crossroad that I keep taking us to. And the, the crossroad is this. I don't have what it takes. The believers saying, I don't have what it takes. I'm empty, right? I, I'm, I'm victimized. I was abused and abandoned, and I'm broken. Believers we talk like this, and then we take on the world's labels. And here comes the world's labels. Oh, I have this disorder, and I have this ADHD, and I'm bipolar. And then here comes the labels that are coming on you. And then and I'm empty, and, and, and I was, I'm tainted goods. I'm tainted goods. I'm bro I'm, I, I can't be used. I have a past. I have regrets. I, I'm too, I'm not smart enough. I'm, I'm too short. Nobody likes my preaching, and I'm not funny. <laughs> Wait, that was my voice. <laughs> That's the one that I deal with. You know, I'm like Mr. Grinch, uh, right? The, the three words that best describe you are as follows, and I quote, say it with me, stink, stank, stunk. And we got believers walking around like this, and then God's so busy in his word trying to give you a different message, a different voice. And today, what he's saying to you is you're not empty. He's saying, I filled you up with my fullness. I put Jesus on the inside of you, and I was so pleased to see you filled up with my fullness. Full 
all of my, you have the fullness of the righteousness of God, all of it. You have the fullness of the faith. You have the fullness of the kingdom of God on the inside of you. You have the fullness of his spirit, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You have the fullness of being debt-free, the fullness of his riches, the fullness of his favor, the fullness of his blessing, the fullness of his love, the fullness of his joy, the fullness of his peace. You are filled to the full with the good things of God. He who is not withhold his only son, how much more will he not give to you all things? Praise the living God. Had him turn down the air today because I knew I'd be sweating. And, but the other day I, I got home, I, I preached all the, whole, all the services for the weekend. My brother was off that weekend, and, and I came home, and I was, I was not feeling full. I was pretty, like, tired, and then my wife, she starts getting out all this food out of the fridge. She gets out steaks, she gets out potatoes, and then she, all this the bread, and she starts cooking, and you can smell it. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, here we And then the family comes in, and we all gather around the table, and I'm eating steak and potatoes and bread, and I have like, more past that. And then when I was, I couldn't eat anymore. I couldn't have another bite. I went back for seconds. Come on. Somebody. I was like, I said, this is a little bit more steak. And then I pushed myself back from the table and I was like, mm, okay. And my wife brings out a pan of peanut butter and chocolate chip cookies. And I thought, I can't have another bite, but I'll have three of those cookies. Thank you very much. And with a glass of milk, Lord Jesus. And then when I was all done, I just said, Jesus, take me now. I just, I'm ready to go. Blow the trumpet. Whatever you need to do. I have lived a full life. I'm ready. You know, God wants you to feel full and satisfied. But the enemy is so busy trying to make you believe that you're empty, that you don't have what it takes. But you are completely full and satisfied on the inside. And when we walk out into our world, we should walk out with the ability and the potential of our Jesus, the way he walked. We should walk into our work environment feeling full. I'm not full of bitterness. I'm not full of unforgiveness. I'm not full of tired, but I'm full of the living God. We should be like, mmm. You know that, the groans that you make when you're full? Do you make groans? Mmm. When that giant starts yelling down on that field, you should be, mmm. I'm full. I'm not afraid. When, when you're hit with a mountain that won't move, mm. the Bible says that Jesus groaned deep within his spirit when, when, when he went to go resurrect Lazarus from the, from the dead. He breathed, he, he groaned deeply like, like he was full. Mm. You hear that groan, boy, you know something about to change. Something, why? Because what's on the inside of you about to come out? Come on, somebody. Praise God. And so uh, God has filled us up with all of his goodness, it, it, the book of Ephesians chapter 4, I want to read this. He gave some apostles, and he's talking about the church now. He gave, he's talking about the church. See, when Solomon dedicated the church that he built, the temple, First Chronicles chapter 5, 6, and 7, when he dedicated the, the church, the temple, the Bible says that he filled it with all of the gold and the silver from his father. Right? So from the father comes all the resources. And then, and then he filled it with every good instrument and vessel for the work that would need to be done. Right? You're, you're not just filled with the riches, but you're filled with the necessities to complete the work, the instruments and vessels that you need. And then it says that he fully furnished it. So it was fully furnished just like you have been. See, 
the Bible says that you are the temple of the living God. Will God live in a house made by human hands, is what Solomon said? No, no, he, he lives in a house made by God hands. And that's you and me who he hand formed. Somebody say amen. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you are fully furnished with all of the riches and every vessel and instrument you will need to do the work that's in front of you in your lifetime. You have already been given it on the inside of you. And then the Bible says the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and it was so thick that they could do no work that day in the temple. Those who were called to do the work couldn't do the work, which is a picture that this is not about what you're going to do, but it's about what God's going to do in you. Somebody say amen. It's not about what you're going to perform, but it's about what God's going to perform through you. Somebody say amen. And so I'm a little fired up today. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. What ministry? The ministry of reconciliation, which is in that other verse, and we're going to get to that next week. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry and also for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, so the, the, the equipping happens to you to go out into the marketplace and go out into the world and reconcile what already belongs to God back to God. Oh, somebody say amen. And so you get equipped here, and then you come back here and you edify each other. You build each other up. Believers cannot be divided against each other. We have to stop being bitter with each other. We have to stop fighting with each other. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against the powers of darkness. We're united. Oh, praise God. It doesn't matter what some other believer voted for. Come on, somebody, because the king is on the throne. Jesus is in their heart, and they've got fullness on the inside of them. We're all in jar of clay, so you can always pick out the jar of clay, and you can always pick out where somebody blew it. Somebody made a mistake. Look at your jar of clay. Your jar of clay is dirty. All of our jars of clayers are dirty. What's the surprise? We're in a jar of clay. It's dirty. But what we don't look at is the dirt. We look at the treasure that's on the inside of that jar of clay. In each other, with each other. Somebody say amen. Now, that, that's not part of my message, kind of. Well, it kind of is. Okay, so it says this. So, so till we all come unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a completed, that word perfect is actually complete, unto a completed man, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. So the fullness is in here, in his church, in his body. We bring the fullness here. And God is saying there's a bar that I want you to reach to, and in the church you should be getting equipped with a message that causes you to reach towards this bar. And so today you get that kind of message, right? Today you're getting equipped saying there's a bar that you can reach that you didn't know about. The bar is this, the measure and the stature of the fullness of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you, you think, well, that's arrogant to think that you could reach the stature and measure of Jesus. But Jesus is the one who calls us this forward, who calls us to this kind of mountain, because Jesus is the one that says, greater works will you do than I have done. He's calling, because why? Because it's in him, in us. You see, we were made for the praise of his glory. What that means is that God wants to see you in glory. He wants to see you lifted up. He wants to see you in high places of influence. He wants to see you successful. He delights in the idea that you would be full. And so he fills you up to the full. And so 
you know, the, the, the fullness in the church. And, and then people say, believers might even say, well, the church, I don't really, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's irrelevant now. The church of, the, you know, of, of Jesus, his, his bride, well, it's not really relevant. They've lost touch. I don't really buy into the whole church thing. I don't need it. You know, it's, it's, it's dying. So listen, the church is the fullness. It has the fullness in it. I don't know if you read the book, but the church wins in the end. Okay, we are not done. We are not finished. We are not dead, but we are alive. The bride of Christ, she is not weak, but she is strong. She is not irrelevant. She is not without effect, but she is raising up a generation that will reach towards the stature and the measure of the fullness of Christ. She is not broken, but she is whole. She is not empty, but she is full. Somebody say amen. Because Jesus said this, if I be lifted up, oh, come on now. If I be lifted up, who could lift up the name of Jesus just a little bit this morning with me? Because this is what he said. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. We're not going to draw. There's not going to be a revival in the land because we're so busy telling people what they're doing wrong. We're so busy pointing out the sin. There's going to be revival in the land when we start pointing to Jesus Christ and his wonders and his miracles and his love. And we start lifting up the name of Jesus. If he be lifted up, he will draw men unto me. And I wonder if there's a church in Mesa, in Gilbert, in Ahwatukee, in Scottsdale, online, that will lift up the name of Jesus and call revival into this world like we've never seen before. Because we got the fullness in us. Come on. A giant cannot stand. Praise God. Genesis chapter 25 and verse 8. Then Abraham. is talking about Abraham. Abraham was visited when he was 75, and God put some stuff on the inside of him. I'm going to bless you. I'll make your name great. You're going to be a blessing. I'll bless all peoples through you. And, and, and then years later, Abraham would take what God had spoken into him and he would manifest it, right? It would actually happen in his life. So it was unseen, but it became seen. And this is the point of the fullness. The fullness comes to you to fill you up here so that you might take what's in here and bring it out here. That's our part. And so I want you to see this at the end of his life, Genesis chapter 25, verse 8, actually just a few chapters before this, the Bible says that Abraham was sitting at the, the entrance to his tent and the Lord had blessed him in, in every way. I love this picture. He's just sitting there, not doing anything. And he's just got like, look at this, look at this, look at my life. You know, and, and it's not that he's going to escape death. I mean, death still happens, right? But, but how, how he leaves this earth, watch how he leaves it. Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full. Now, in parentheses, you see, of years. The reason it's in parentheses is because the phrase of years is not actually in the Hebrew. The, the translators are just trying to figure out what, he, what, he, what maybe he, was, he had that he was full of. So they just go, like, he was full of, of years. Some translations, of life. You find all kinds of different things they stick in there. They're trying to figure out. But none of those words are in there. If you actually read it in the Hebrew, it's very, very simple. They should have just left it alone. He was an old man, and he was full. He was full. Everything that God put in me came out. Look at this. 
Look at my life. I got, my, I got relationships. I got, I got the kids. I got, I, I got money. I got a joy, peace. I'm just kicking back here. I was like, and you, the, the hero, Abraham, this great patriarch who God says, if you're a believer in the son Jesus, you're not only a son of God, a daughter of God, but you're also a son and daughter of Abraham. Now, what kind of esteem and honor has God placed on this great patriarch and hero? And to what did he do to, to achieve such esteem and honor that Abraham would be called, right, the father of us all? How did he get that? You know, that he didn't do what Elijah did. He didn't do what Elisha did. He never went in a burning, fiery furnace. He never preached an amazing message and thousands were saved. He didn't call down fire from heaven. He didn't raise the dead. What did Abraham do? We see what pleases God. Certainly, he's pleased by the great things that we will accomplish on this planet, but what pleased him with Abraham? What was it? It says in, thank you, Hebrews chapter 11, it says, it says that he received, he who had received the promises. What he did was he actually received what God promised. That's what makes God happy. He wants to see what he placed in here start to make its way out here, that you would be debt-free, that you would live a life full of health and energy, that you would live a life full of his favor, that you would live a life full of his promises working in your life, that you would live a life full of being the head and not the tail, that he would make your name great. This is what God has placed on the inside of you. He wants to see it come out, and it pleases him to see what he placed on the inside of you to come out. And the Israelites, and they got uh, given the promised land, but they didn't go in. They got to the edge in the Jordan River, and then they got scared of the people that were in there, and they said, well, we can't take this land. And so they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years where they would die. This is what the Bible says about that. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 5, but with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, you don't want to read that wrong. You might read it and think, oh, God scattered their bodies in the wilderness because he wasn't pleased with them. That's not what it says. It says that he wasn't pleased to have their bodies scattered in the wilderness. That was, he was like, that's not my plan. I don't want to see them end empty. No, no, what pleased him was to see them end full. What pleases him is for us to receive what he promised. This is what excites God, is for you to get what he gave. And so this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. I don't want you to become lazy but to imitate those, like Abraham, who through faith and patience received what was promised. So it's lazy when I just take what Satan gives me. It's harder to stand and believe God. To stand and say, I'm not receiving this report, this bad doctor report. I'm not doing debt anymore. I'm out of the world's financial system. I'm trusting God for my blessing. When we stop, when we look at the mountain and we say, be removed, too many people look at the mountain and go, oh, well, that just happened. Well, it is what it is. That's lazy. It's easier to do that. It's easier just to medicate it all. I'm not saying don't take your medications. I'm saying stand up for what God promised. For he who promised is faithful. His promises are yes, and to them we say, I believe it. Amen. That's what it says. 
that we might fight for our children's health, for our grandmother's health, that we might fight the battles that come at us and stand up and believe God. For how long, Pastor? I've trusted him. I believed him. I prayed. It's been two months and nothing's happened. Through faith and through patience. If it hasn't happened yet, just keep waiting. Abraham, against all hope, in hope, believed. Why? Because he considered he who promised faithful. On May the 6th in, in 1937, the Hindenburg exploded. It was landing in New Jersey after a five-day cross-Atlantic trip. This was an 800-foot Zeppelin. It's two-and-a-half-foot ball fields long. And uh, we, we still talk about, we, still, we know this story, the Hindenburg. But what you may not know is that this, this particular Zeppelin was designed in Germany and it was engineered to be filled with helium gas, non-flammable helium gas. But when they were getting ready to leave, they couldn't find enough non-flammable helium gas, so they made a tragic error, and they found some other gas and put it in their hydrogen gas, which is very flammable. They made their mistake five days before the explosion. You know, what you put on the inside of something matters. And when we didn't know Christ, when we weren't believers, we were filled up with the wrong gas. How many know? You had the wrong stuff on the inside of you. And it was causing all kinds of problems, and it was leading you towards destruction and explosion and blow-ups and a mess. But you are no longer filled with the wrong gas. You were never engineered to be filled with that stuff anyways. God made you to be filled with the right stuff. But now that you believe in Christ, he has filled you up to the fullness with the right things. Fullness, which means there's no space meant to be left for anything outside of what God has filled you with. Jesus fills all in all, which means there's, no supposed, there's not supposed to be any space left for anxiousness. There's not supposed to be any space left for fear, for anxiety. There is no space left on the inside of you for depression. There's no space left on the inside of you for anxiety and stress. And there's no space left on the inside of you for the things that aren't of Christ that he paid for. Somebody say amen. You are filled with every good thing of God. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. Verse 10, and you are complete. Say complete. See, you're not empty. You're not not finished. The enemy comes to you and tries to get you to feel like you have need. That's right. right. He comes to Eve and he's like, hey, don't, you know, she's got the Garden of Eden. She has everything, right? Adam and Eve have everything in the garden, right? They're, they're, Adam, they're even naked. I mean, Adam's like, he's like, yay. It's like this paradise. It's like this is the greatest thing that could ever happen to And I have everything I need. And, and so, but then, here comes the enemy. Well, bet you wish you were more like God. And he tries to, she was made in God's likeness image, but he comes to you with need. He wants to get you to think about a need because then you'll make a bad decision because he'll offer you something. He's going to offer you something that will lead you to destruction. He's going to give you some hydrogen gas to blow up your life. And if you don't think and recognize by faith what I'm teaching you today, that you have the fullness of everything you already need within you, you might fall for that tempter. You might fall for that temptation. You say, no, 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 Satan. I already have everything that I already need. It's already on the inside of me. Resist the enemy and he will flee from you. Sometimes in my, my own personal family life, my wife, she'll go on these health kicks and she keeps us healthy. And I'm very thankful for this because, you know, sometimes we need it. And then, uh, not me specifically, I eat very healthy. I know I do. I try and eat healthy. I, the other day, I was so proud of myself. I made myself a health shake uh, because, you know, instead of having lunch, instead of having a greasy burger, I was like, I'm going to have a healthy shake. And so I had a healthy, and I was very surprised. I actually loved this health shake. It tasted wonderful. 
uh, I'll share with you the recipe. Uh, so here's what I did. I did uh, ice cream and chocolate syrup. <laughs> it was so good. And so my wife, but then my wife says to me, that's not healthy. And I was like, yes, it is. You can actually Google this right now. The best recovery drink that there is for working out is chocolate milk. Did you know that? That's true, right? You, you, you recognize that? And so that's all I was doing. I said to her, listen, that's the best recovery drink you can, you can have is the chocolate milk. And she, she goes, oh, did you work out today? And I was like, well, no. <laughs> but I'm getting in the habit now of drinking a recovery drink every day <laughs> so that one day I'll start working out. You see that? So she'll, she'll have these embargoes in our house, and one of the embargoes that we go through is bread. There's like an embargo on bread all of a sudden. I'll know because I come home and there's no bread. And there's no crackers, and there's no bread of any kind, wheat of any kind. It's all been cast out into outer darkness. And, and this is a bad time for me, but I don't complain. I just go through it. But there are days when I come home, and there, and there we all sit down to, to have dinner, and there's a basket of bread on the table. And I'm like, oh. You know what I don't, I, when I see the bread, I know the embargo's been lifted. I know that promise is yes and amen. Here's the thing. If it's already been provided, it's already been decided. What I mean is, is what God's already put in you that's already been provided, healing's already been provided. It's already been provided. If it's already been provided, then you don't have to ask God if it's his will to bring you healing to your body or to bring healing to someone you know. You don't have to ask him if it's his will. Well, God, if it's your will, you'll heal my wife. No, no, you're teetering your faith. If it's already been provided, it's already been decided. You don't have to ask God if it's his will. Now, you might have to ask God if it's his will about other things. Father, if it's your will that I might have that house, but you might have a better house for me, you might have a better job for me, you might have a better, right? Uh, there are things that are within that realm. But healing's already been provided. Prosperity's already been provided. Uh, all the favor. You don't have to ask God for, well, if you're willing, you'll give me favor. No, he's already provided. It's already in you. The bread's already on the table. I don't have to look at my wife and say, hey, if you're willing, can I have some of that bread? No, when I see the bread, I know that it's already mine. And if you would just start to see the fullness of God on the inside of you, it'll change and transform your future because you'll know I don't have to look out here anymore. I don't even have to ask God if it's his will. A leper came to Jesus and like, Jesus, if you're willing, you could make me clean. And Jesus answers the question once and for all, I am willing, be clean. We don't have to ask God if he's willing for these things that he's already provided. It's already on the inside of you. It's already done. I was walking through my neighborhood with my wife and we were enjoying the evening, the sun was setting. And in my neighborhood are these trees that have yellow flowers on them in the spring. We didn't know this. We, we bought the house last August. So we'd never seen the spring. And in our front yard are two beautiful trees with these same yellow flowers. And I think ours were flourishing more than every, every tree that we saw. Ours were beautiful. But now the yellow flowers are starting to fall off. And, and, and these new trees that I, we saw in the neighborhood, some of our neighbors have trees that they're getting like this lavender kind of pink flower on them. They're absolutely beautiful. We're like, that is a beautiful tree. And as we were walking, we said, we wish we had a tree like that in our yard. We have a lot of trees. We don't know all the trees that we have, but we were, we, we were like, we wish we had a tree like that. Well, I said, I'm gonna have to get one of those. And then uh, later on, a couple days later, I was taking the trash out. I was along the side of the house and I happened to glance up at one of the trees on the side of the house and it was starting to get all those pink flowers on it. God had already given us something that we were wanting. And it's the same thing for you. There might be things in the unseen places of your life. Unseen means it's in here, but you don't see it out here. It doesn't mean it's not already yours. 
It doesn't mean God hasn't already provided. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not yours. And God has already decided that thing is yours. He's already filled you up with it. And what I pray today is that you would walk out here knowing that I have everything on the inside of me that I need to run my race, to find my destiny, to live a full life, that I might finish my race with the full things like Abraham, not empty somewhere in the wilderness, but filled up with all the good things of, his God, of God, filled up with legacy and inheritance for my children's children, health, wealth, joy, peace, highly favored. And if you receive it, shout out, I believe it, in Jesus' name. Thanks for watching. Let me ask you a question. If you were to face eternity today, do you know what eternity might look like for you? And would you have peace with Father God? Here's the good news. God has already offered the free gift of salvation through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. If you're ready to put your faith in His Son, Jesus, step into a new life and out of an old life, then say this prayer with me. Dear Father God, forgive me of sin. And Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God who died for sin and rose from the dead. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you said that prayer for the first time, you just stepped into an eternal life. Get involved in a good Bible-believing church. God bless you.